welcome. Hit that like. Hit that subscribe. This is A2D Wednesday nights. We'll be breaking down the Sixers-Celtics game tonight. And we're talking heavy Sixers. Go to the bye week. Let's go. What's up, my family? Listen, first-time listener, or you've been here the whole damn time. Hit that like. Hit that subscribe. Giddy up. Let's go. No notes. That's my baby. That's my baby. We're going at it at 110%. <laughs> I just want five minutes of happiness, please. Just give Don't me five minutes. And they did it! They did it! What the <laughs> hell was that? Oh, yeah! What the f*** are you talking about? Let's go, let's go, let's go. This is A2D Wednesday nights. And ATD Wednesday Nights is always brought to you by our good friend over at Royal Billiards, the premier game room store of the Delaware Valley. They're stocked with the very best in pool tables, accessories, shuffleboards, card tables, dart supplies, bars, bar stools. Turn any ordinary room into an extraordinary gaming experience. Oh, did we mention they got hot tubs too? They're located 515 Bethlehem Pike, Colmar, PA, or visit them on the web, royalbilliard.com. ATD Wednesday Nights, Chrome, Pete, Ryan. I'm Tom. Everybody out there, welcome in. Welcome in. We're talking Sixers tonight. We'll give you a real, realistic expectations for the Sixers season. How far can they go? We'll talk about some of that fun stuff later on in the show. Who's exceeding expectations on this basketball team right now? And that doesn't just have to be a player. That can be coaches, etc. So let us know your opinion on that. And we'll talk about Tyrese Maxey as a legit second option, just like we were talking about before we came on the show and how – how that got to where it is now. So we'll go We'll go back in the future a little bit. We'll hop in the time machine. Joel Embiid's MVP start. Um, we'll get into it because, I mean, he's the, he's my, he is the best scorer that we've seen ever, if not in a long, long time in our lifetime. And we've been talking about that for years, how he's a point-a-minute guy. So nothing new there when it comes to Joel Embiid. We'll get into him as well. But our poll question, we always got to bring it to the fat suit. You know what I mean? We always got to circle back to a little fat suit. And it's brought to you by Carlino's Italian market, the Carlino's market, and they got the best of everything, right? Food, you can order food online. They got gourmet cheeses, meats, olive oils, gift baskets, and, and a lot more pasta. The pasta that you see there is delicious. So go check out Carlino's market. They're located in Westchester and Ardmore, PA. So you can find them online, Carlino's Market, on all your social media platforms. They're the best. Go give them a follow. They got a lot of followers still. They got to go check them out. Our poll for tonight, the the Sixers are better constructed team without James Harden. Do you agree or disagree? So let us know. Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, that's where we're live. Everywhere you you get your podcast, we're there as well. Hit the like, subscribe, follow, and most importantly, join the conversation tonight. Let us know what you're thinking. Let us know your excitement level. For the Sixers, let me know if you're officially back in or you're still out. Let us know and like talk to us. All right. I hope everybody's back. Hope everybody's back. If you're not back, I got to talk to you. I want to hear from you. So are the Sixers a better constructed team without James Harden? Or you disagree? It's a great. I mean, it's, I don't even have to hesitate. And there's a lot of other reasons besides saying like, oh, we're not. I'm not saying James Harden isn't a good basketball player and wasn't a great basketball player in his prime, right? What I'm saying is, is he's a pounded in the floor guy to me, right? He pounds, he slows everything down. And this offense to me runs better when it, when it's got ball movement and you're, you're getting to the basket. 
right? So when you look at that and then what it allows, you know, Joel's fine with whoever he plays with, but what it allows Tyrese to become, which we'll talk about his impact as a second option, what we've seen, okay? And what it does to Tobias, okay? And that's how you make it better right there. You make it better, you know, addition by subtraction, right? So you're just, you're getting, you know, or subtraction by addition, however you want to call it, right? Because you get rid of something and you're not going to get what, what he is back, but you're going to get back what it is back. How your roster is deeper now, right? And we talk about when you can bring a Covington and you can bring a Batoon and you're going to be able to bring a Marcus Morris and, and you got a Paul Reed who's gotten better, right? And you, you can throw Corky in there. You can throw Pat Bev in there who's been, who's been really good and really Pomsy like we expected. When you can roll out different things at people, now you can play, you can play to whatever type of system you're playing against. Now you have the tools to match systems and we have a coach here who's going to match this match systems we know he's going to try to out coach you in those terms right he's not just going to try to out motivate you like a doc right um etc he's going to try to out coach you so when you got a guy who believes in out coaching you scheme wise and he has the roster for it you you get six in a row right essentially right you you get those things and this offense if anybody's watched it has been in way more rhythm than than i've seen in a long time I mean, I, I used to see a lot of stat, and we all did stagnant, 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 stagnant. You know, I think the ball movement's been good. And when then you get a Kelly Oubre. I mean, you know, Kelly, I don't know what's Kelly's role with, with, with James here, right? I mean, that, that changes roles. Okay. So you have some unselfish guys in, in your starting rotation too, which is good, right? You have a guy like the Anthony Mellon and you have a guy like Tobias. And Tobias is the biggest impact of all. Because, like, Maxie's the obvious impact. Tobias is the one I've been talking about. How, what does his game now do when he's a walking 18? What does it do now without a Harden? Well, now look at him, right? He's playing his strengths, right? He's getting to the bucket, and you know he's a good defender. So I love what it brings with it. I've always said that one. You know, that's the big one. And and obviously, Maxie's delicious. So, and he's got the best runner in, in basketball. You know, and... I love it. I love it. I love what I'm watching. I love a better defensive team, right? They they held the Celtics under on what under 31 percent from three, and you know under under 40 percent from the field, right? I mean those things matter, man. Those things matter to me. So I agree. I agree. What do you guys say? Everybody out there, see you chiming in, and are you back? So that's all I got. <laughs> um. After long reads and everything else, <laughs> feel a little winded there. Uh, Bro, so, I got, got fillings done today. You know how that goes. Like, <laughs> I'm good, but like you're a little sore. You know, I'm a, yeah. I'm a, tender. I'm a chicken tender. That's all. <laughs> no, uh, I don't know how you cannot agree to this poll. Um, I feel like James Harden is the belt that you wear on Thanksgiving on this team, and you just you just stopped at four or five houses. You feeling a little woozy? You on? You get you get back home and somebody got some dessert or something. You know if you can do it, and then boom, you take the belt off and it's like, all right, round two, let's go. So then I think that's what he did for. That's what him leaving. That's what it did for Maxi because now Maxi is truly the best guard on the team, and he can assert himself as that. But now you have the freedom and the flow for everything to move constantly. Like Uber, I think it was a pass, and I think it was in the second quarter. Um, I know before we before we went live, I know Brodo was talking about 
the and one that Maxi wanted when he hit it from the logo. I think a couple plays after that, Embiid had it on the wing, left side wing, near uh, near camera side wing, and he hit like this this hard one handed loop pass to Uber. He had just came in the game. It was a corner three, like that type of move. It looks like the offense can flow. And at times last year, six months ago, we were like, where are we going to get a bucket? Like we look stagnant, right? Like you look, mm-hmm. everybody's just kind of standing around, not not literally hands on hits, but like not knowing where to go, where I feel like we're now was at seven, eight games into the season roles are more defined. So we'll see how it carries on. We'll see how it plays out. But ultimately right now, from what you're seeing, you're seeing an offense to where people can grow and then you're seeing Furkan do things that he's never done before. And I think the coaching literally in practice are actually literally getting coached. I mean, don't get me wrong. Doc won a championship that was 15 years ago, but Nick Nurse won his. And we have the most infamous shot in probably in, in 76ers history, 2019 game seven Kawhi with the, the, the loop-de-loop-de-loop-de-loop-de-loop. Like who would have thought that dude, that dude on that sideline door in that game would now be on your sideline coaching your reigning MVP and possibly – the most improved player in the year, Maxi so far, a rising superstar. So just from the looks of it on the offensive side, and you already know he can coach defense, right? Like, by golly, wow, like, let's take talent. And just because they're talented, that's not give them a strategy because their talent will prevail. No, sometimes you guess what? You got you to gotta throw some strategy in there, right? So now Nick Nurse is going to give you that. He looks like he's aged a lot. Um, I, I mean, it's only been three years, but, God, the NBA is, like, stressful shit. Like, it just, I don't know what it is. Like, I was looking at the side I was looking at Sirianna today. I was like, Sirianna looks like he's been in the office like eight years already. Like, it's been <laughs> like he looks so much like coaching is coaching takes a toll on you, man. Like, it just, it just does, right? But I don't think Marcus has Marcus Morris got any minutes since he's been traded. Uh, yeah, he played a little bit. I want to say last game, but it was just last game, getting, yeah, like getting your feet wet type thing. And Real that was quick, right now. Real quick, right now the polls 100% agree, and we're early into it, right <laughs> over on YouTube, and obviously you can vote everywhere right. else too. But that that already, and I hadn't seen a comment yet saying disagree. But right, you know, right. that that's fun. That's fun to know. We're I not, mean, you know, we're not we're not delusional tonight. Everybody's no, here. No. Everybody's here, baby. No, I mean, could I, and I love the fact that we finally got somebody, one of the Marcus twins, Morris twins from Philly in Philly. I mean, it's it's like one of those things, like. It's kind of it's a it's a nod back to the process. Obviously, we're Covington, but it's different. Like you need it. Not only did this move for what you're seeing right now, but like you said, like it gives you some type of ammunition to if you need to do something. When it comes January, February trade deadline, you can. Before, I'm I'm, su- I'm surprised James Harden still even wanted. I actually don't know what value he brings to any NBA team at at all. Nothing so far. They haven't won a game with them over in LA. They haven't won a game. Did, did you guys see them chanting uh, Daryl Murray at him at, in Brooklyn? Hmm? He was shooting free throws in Brooklyn, and they were chanting Daryl Murray at him. No, I didn't, I didn't see. I mean, I, I see. I saw Daryl Murray is making press rounds. I mean, before this, before this trade, it's like he co- he won't pop his head out of nowhere. Now he's doing press rounds. Like oh, he made it's sure one of those things. TV things while they're winning. He made yeah, sure it, it's that. it's like. With, with Ben, it was the offense free flow, but he shriveled up. Mm-hmm. So Harden was welcome because he wasn't Ben. But then it was like, okay, you love him because he's not who he was. He's not named the face before, but then you got your own bag of shit and you didn't change. And now we see your true colors and it's even worse. 
somewhat worse. It's it's worse, but it's in a different way. And it's like, I don't like any of this shit. Both of y'all ugly. Like one girl is just <laughs> ugly than the other girl in a different way. You know what I mean? Like, so it's just now I don't have to deal with any of that. I don't have to, I don't like it's it's almost like it's welcome back because I didn't have to watch that. Even if even if we weren't doing what we're doing tonight, like beating the Celtics in, in, in the first part of the season, just to see more natural flowing offense and defense on the court, it's just a sight to behold because you have something to look for. Like I know Ubre's been around like what four or five teams so far, mm-hmm. but you haven't had bad, yeah, but bad ones, right? Outside right, right. Of bad ones. Like he, he has played one year in the, Golden State. Yeah, one the one year in Golden State, but like and right. even when he was on Phoenix, Phoenix wasn't very good. That was then, the bad or... Suns. That was the precursor ball Suns. Charlotte, who's yeah. like barely a team, and the Wizards, right. who same thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, the Wizards are a train wreck, right? So, yeah. you know, when you look at those teams, I mean, it's not you. You can't really be a, the role player and fit into your role on a team that's really bad, right? But on right. a team like this, you can sort of, does your role fit mm-hmm. what what we're trying to do here? And that's what we're talking about, like with ball movement and spacing and abilities to, to be a good slasher and cutter and the ability to take guys off the dribble, man, in this league. Like, I got to win off the dribble. So, mm-hmm. and I got to be lengthy. And this the biggest takeaway from tonight, too, in this team is they play great defense tonight, you yeah. know? In mm-hmm. an NBA game, you held one of the better scoring teams in the league the 103 i mean you know yeah. take a take that for what it is um i'll make it really it's an agree right it's an agree when the chat's even all saying agree it's it's for a reason right like i honestly like and, and i really don't think this poll was i mean listen he kind of deserves it at this point but i don't even think this poll the whole purpose of it was to, for it to be like a bash james harden show i really truly don't it's more so about how good this Sixers team can be without the same redundant kind of style that they kind of tried to infuse into their teams the last handful of years. And listen, we all got excited about the Harden thing. Is it because we are getting rid of 25? Partially. Is it because of the potential that Harden and B could have had not only in the regular season but in the postseason? Yeah, right? Were we excited about potentially and you know going out in the whole star hunting phase? Yeah. If we get a few months down the line and we have a big name that comes up. Oh, the Sixers are targeting X name, big name player. Well, there'll be excitement. Yes, right? That's part of the NBA. It's all about the stars. But at least in a small sample size, it's refreshing to see a team that has an MVP, a rising young star, a rejuvenated Tobias Harris who went from being a glorified Marco Bellinelli last year to now he actually has a legitimate role and a bunch of really good role players that can fit in, whether it's the three-headed tandem of Batum, Covington, and Morris, to where one of the three, odds are, they're going to have a good night, so you play more of that person. And then the other two, oh, you're not going to play as much. Tonight, it was row cut, right? Mostly because Batum's finger went that way, right, at the end of the second quarter. But they have been really good for you. Morris, to your point, B, it's like, hey, did he even get his feet wet yet? Kind of, but not really. There's going to be a spot for him, whether it's offensively or defensively, because they're all bigger guys, which can help against Boston, can help against Milwaukee, can help against those type of matchups. A, a player that I was actually excited to get in the trade, we haven't seen anything of, and that's KJ Martin, right? So it's like, oh, okay, he's somebody that we don't even we don't even need right now, right? It's almost like James Springer's taking his minutes and Furkan's taking his minutes. 
I, I just think there's so many possibilities. There's so many matchups that you you talked about, Tom. And it's just refreshing, right? Like there was a couple of possessions back to back where I counted seven passes in an offensive set. Seven. Last year I was getting excited if they made three passes before jacking up the three with two seconds remaining on the shot clock. Like it's just it's a different brand of basketball, whether that's without James Harden or just in in comparison to the past couple of years. And it just Listen, and and I and listen. We all know it's the NBA, it's the Sixers. There's going to be a stretch at some point where they lose, you know, four out of six games, and they're going to come off of a loss to Charlotte. And we're going to be like, oh my God, this team's the exact same. Like, right? It's not going to be sunshine and rainbows the entire time. That's the NBA, right? And we know that as Sixers fans. But just so far, what we saw, what we saw from this team pre-Harden trade, right? Just with the pieces they had, and before you know, you kind of got the the reservations here. It was refreshing. Right. And and we talked about it in our, you know, our little pre-show production meeting, right? To where Pete, you hit on it both before the show and on the show. They have flexibility if they need it. If they do. If that's this season, if that's in the off season with free agency, potentially will have upwards of close to $80 million in cap space. You're not stuck anymore. Two weeks ago, you were stuck. You were stuck having a point guard that didn't want to play basketball for us. You were stuck not knowing if that point guard comes back and stunts the growth of Maxi and completely, once again, Tobias goes back to the fourth fiddle at best. And now you have flexibility to see exactly what your role players are, exactly what your young star is. And if you need to, go out and help some things, whether that's a Donovan Mitchell or whether that's as small as a TJ McConnell as your backup point guard. You can do anything. And I think it works, and I trust the coach. Right now, and so... You know, Daryl does something else foolish. I'm happy with what Daryl got in a really bad situation with Hart. So I'm extremely happy. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna follow suit. Obviously, agree. And you know, typically we try to argue the other side. I don't know that there's an argument. And, and to what you guys said, it's not about bashing James Harden by any means. I, I didn't think Harden was. I mean, playoff wise, listen, we know what happened last year, but I didn't think Harden was. <clears throat> excuse me, as bad of a mix here, but it definitely slowed the offense and you're kind of seeing how the floor is spaced out, right? And and something I, I touched on last week, Tom, if you remember was, you know, the thing with Tobias is when Harden got here, his role was lost uh-huh. and sliding him back. So last year it was just kind of like, you know, it was finding opportunities for Maxi and Bead, obviously and Harden. And then Tobias was kind of left with whatever was left over and trying to find his spots on the floor. Like, I'm even earlier tonight, right, even shots that I'm seeing him miss. First of all, he's taking really smart, really high-percentage shots. And he's really not taking any bad shots. There was uh, one, I think it was either the second quarter, early in the third quarter, where they swing the ball out to him, and he was on the baseline. Takes Does like a pump fake, does a little step over, gets a really high-quality shot. Misses the shot, but that's the kind of shots you want to see from him. Because uh, that's that's where he's he's in his bread and butter. That's where he he typically makes those shots, and he's making smarter, high percentage shots. Which again, you look at his his field goal percentage; it's it's definitely up this year, uh, and and it's it's more quality than quantity, right? And then the thing is, I look at the whole totality of everything, right? You guys touched on you know the size, and we've talked about the playoff experience that they've gotten with some of these guys. And some of the, the athleticism. But I even look at small things, right? Like Tyrese Maxey and his growth, right? Like Sam Cassell was a huge piece of that. And I think we all talked about that. You lose him this year. 
But Nick Nurse, who is is one of the more creative offensive geniuses in this league. And so it's no wonder that he's got this team moving the ball, at, at, you know, up and down the floor like they do. But then he goes and he gets an assistant like a Bobby Jackson, who I've had immense amounts of respect for, mm-hmm. who has been the floor general for multiple playoff teams. And and again, to me, that's that's a smart move to bring in to help continue with the progression of a Tyrese Maxey, a guy who's a winner and knows how to you know, lead on the floor and and distribute the ball in the right situations and find your spots to score. And and, and I love that. Like, right, because I, I, I hated the fact the only thing I hated about Doc Dillon last year was that I knew you were going to lose a guy like a Sam Cassell. I felt like it was really important to the growth of the young guys on this team. But then when you go out and get a Bobby Jackson, I'm like, okay, well, you know what? Maybe we don't lose as much here and you get a new perspective. I don't think there's a, it's an aberration that we've seen any of that. Um and obviously guys have stepped up and we're going to get into guys who have stepped up, but even like a guy like Furcon who you're seeing probably play the best basketball he's played since he's been a 76er. Mm-hmm. They're finding ways to put guys in positions to succeed. Kelly Oubre, who, you know, his, his numbers have been fairly well throughout his career, but you bring him to a team that's, that's kind of built to win now. You know, I don't know if I would put them quite in the tier. We had them to start last year yet, although they could be playing their way there. Um, but you bring him into a team like this and subtracting James Harden off the floor and having Tobias, who's an unselfish player, be your number three, that's going to open up opportunities for a guy like a Kelly Oubre to come on here. And, and, and I heard somebody talk like a week or two ago about Kelly Oubre basically betting on himself and taking this one year deal with signing late to come to the Sixers and have an opportunity to build up his stock. And it's, I think it's paying off in spades. And, and again, I look at this team. I saw I, somebody mentioned, might have been Dynasty, I'm not sure, but somebody mentioned they went out, they got size, they got shooters on the floor now. Uh, it, there's just, there's a chemistry there, guys. There's, 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 and Nick Nurse knows how to move the pieces around. And like you mentioned, Tom, he can game plan individually. And, and a lot of guys go out, and it's kind of we're going to run the same offense. I feel like Nick Nurse doesn't always run the same offense. He understands the strengths of the defense. And maybe tonight, you know, one night it's Tyrese Maxey. Another night, I mean, it's always in beat. But maybe one night it's Tyrese Maxey. Maybe another night the second guy up is, is Tobias Harris. Maybe Kelly Oubre's got the hot hand, and he's finding ways to feed him the ball, coming up with plays in the huddle on timeouts and in between commercial breaks. It's just, it's just really smart the way that they're doing it, and and I just I love seeing his enthusiasm on the side too. Uh, I just I, I think Nick Nurse has been a a, a superstar pickup at, at this point. We're seven games in, obviously, but you know this is everything I could have expected and hoped for at this point from the head coach to put these guys in positions to succeed. And the one thing that we always talked about, right? Obviously, James Harden slowed slowed it up a little bit because he was a little more of a traditional half-court set type of guy. And it does make me think, right? And and I think we actually got the best of both worlds here when we thought about what, what the offense could look like with Mike D'Antoni, right? But, like, what the defense would look like? Nick Nurse is basically giving us what I think we would get from a Mike D'Antoni offense in terms of these guys are moving up and down the floor with speed, ball movement, Finding guys, finding the open man and high percentage shots, but he's got them playing lockdown defense for the majority. 
Last two minutes, different story tonight. Was a little bit tough, but I, I got to I got to say, as much as good as Embiid's been, as great as the progression has been from Tyrese Maxey and Tobias, none of this, in my opinion, happens without Nick Nurse being the guy who's at the helm, working with these guys and putting them in a position to succeed. So, a hundred percent, without question, I, I have to agree to this poll. Yeah, I mean, this poll is like the easiest poll in HD radio history, right now. Right, at least it looks like it, you know, and I don't see it changing because, like, you know, somebody said in the chat too, when you look at other teams, they're top heavy, and there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go take a peekaboo with Denver. I'm gonna go take a peekaboo of not just homegrown guys, you know, Joel's a homegrown guy, Tyrese. Well, their two big players are homegrown guys. Okay, and then what do they do? They have the right homegrown or different little pickups to add around those guys, and they're well coached, right? So when you have those combination of things, I think you make yourself better in a long series. You make yourself better overall during the regular season because you're deep. When you look at Milwaukee, man, I mean, you get you look taking a peekaboo with the bench. It ain't it ain't something you love, and that's not doesn't mean they can't win. You understand? Doesn't mean you you can't win. You look at Boston, top heavy. Okay, they are top heavy. <clears throat> doesn't mean you can't win. But if, the, if one of those guys disappears in a series, you're in trouble because you don't have the ability to do different things off your bench. And, yes, in the postseason, do you shrink? You may. But if you got a great bench unit and that's your spark or you have different matchups or different guys you can play, now you can match up the teams. And I think that's the advantage when you talk about playoff time and the advantage of regular season. I mean, look down the roster. Look how many guys they can play. That actually are NBA guys that deserve NBA minutes. There's a lot of guys. That's not a bad thing, especially during a long NBA season, too. So I think that's like the opposite of Nick Nurse style. He's actually done a great job with minutes. You know, he's done a great job early on with those types of things. So I, I couldn't be more happier where they're at. I couldn't be more happier being deep. Like you, you grab up Donovan Mitchell because it's a name that's been you know circling around. I want no parts. Like, I'm good for not – like, I'm good because, like, I'm giving up now what my bench is for it. I'm giving up picks for it. No, let me stay put, man, because you don't know what those Clippers picks can be. You don't know what some of these other picks can be. Stay put. You got to – you got two stars, right? If you got to add a little piece or two to go around them as the season goes on because things don't work, and I'm talking about, like, you know, not stars, like, like like a good player, fine, fine. But you don't need to go all in for a Mitchell, for any of those types of names. That's egregious, right? It's egregious. That's stupid. Like, the Golden State had a dynasty of homegrown triplets, and not even. It was really two guys and great yeah. cast around them and great supporting cast around them. It was two stars and a great defender. Well, they right. they almost hey, built it. I mean, I don't think it's an aberration either that Steve Kerr was the head coach because if you really look at how that team is, right? Like a Bulls roster. Exactly, because you look at it, right? Steph was like the Jordan, Clay's like Pippen, and uh-huh. really with the way that Draymond plays, he was very, very similar to Dennis Rodman, yeah. right? And then you have the other compliment. Now, I think they had better complementary pieces than what the Bulls teams had back in the day. <laughs> But I digress. I mean, it was a different game back then. But you look at how that team was constructed as far as the core guys on that team, 100%, very similar to Bulls. 
And to your point, what you're talking about where top-heavy teams, right? You look at Boston. How much depth did Boston trade away to go out and get Drew Holiday, to go out to get Kristaps Porzingis? And you, I felt like you kind of saw that tonight. They could have used a Malcolm Brogdon, uh, honestly, to come off of the bench this, this, uh, you know, today. There were other pieces too, right? And then uh, same thing with Milwaukee, right? I mean, listen, when you have that kind of a team, it's going to take time to build chemistry. But I also look, and same thing with them, they gave up a lot of defense to go out and get more offense with Dane. And I think that that's going to that's, that's gonna be tough for them to overcome. And and that's kind of where they're at, right? I think teams, like we we didn't have to – we our number two was acquired from within. It's just him progressing year by year. So by we almost – then in another way, in my opinion, almost acquired our number two by subtracting our number two because he slides up and he's stepping up into that role and he's carrying that torch to where you were able to go and add other complementary pieces when other teams were trading away complementary pieces, trading away their defensive prowess to change the identity of their team. That's the thing with Milwaukee that I, I think is going to be the toughest thing to see what happens with them. Where is their defensive prowess? Drew Holiday was, was a leader for them yeah, you, and you one of their best defensive Holiday players, and they trade him away. You went from Drew Holiday to Dame, which, like, yeah, offensively that can work. Like, that's there's no arguments there. But defensively, you go from one of the best on guard defenders to one of the worst high volume on guard defenders. It, yeah, and then you, it it's not ideal. Like, the Middleton thing is still weird. They just look slow and they can't defend anybody. And then to your point, Dom, their depth wasn't great last year, and it's somehow gotten worse. Yeah, and now you got to rely on those guys because they're stars. But it's it, well, you got to rely, right? You got to rely on those guys, right? To all this conversation. Now you got to yeah. rely on all those guys to, to almost get you seventy a night. Like yeah, I mean, not sustainable. You, not like your your lead too. Same thing with Boston. Bill brought up how they combined for twenty seven. Well, well, well. There you go. You know what I mean? There you go. You know, yeah. if those guys combine for twenty seven, because you you run up against a group that's lengthy. Right, because it's not about blocking shots; it's about that hand really getting in the face. Right, that's what it's become. The NBA, you have the length to get in somebody's face, right from the three point line, and that's where the Sixers won the game tonight because well, Boston didn't shoot well from three. I, I keep the seeing the last couple of days where people are bringing up like, oh, you know, Levine's perfect for this team, or oh, geez, oh. it's like, like I'm like personally, like I'm good, right? Like, like you talked about, like more. Bill, hold on, that right? would never happen. Like Joel, Joel. Joel not being in the 20s, like, rarely ever happens unless he's hurt. So, you know what I mean? So that's just the facts of the matter. But I hear you. I hear you. And you stop. Okay, don't start this shit tonight. All right? <laughs> you came in. You, th- you, you you were on the same page with us for a win. I love to have you. Okay? It was a great game. You did exactly what we thought you would do, which is find a way to make it a game. Right? When we thought, oh, this is our game. Right? Typical. It's a great rivalry. So hold the L. <laughs> Go ahead. Like if they, if somebody said like, oh, we should, you know, sometime in January, try and find like a, an improvement over DeAnthony Melton at the two, like, okay, right? Because like DeAnthony, I think we would agree, right? Like there's a lot of positives. I would say like the weakest link so far in this short season is DeAnthony Melton. He still can't make a layup. He's kind of all over the place, right? Like, and maybe it's just a slow start, right? Like in a week, he we could be saying how good he is. 
right? Yeah, but then I see him uh, defensively, though. I feel like he's constantly around the ball making plays. So I think it's like – Defensively. I feel like it's like, all right, you're giving up a little bit offensively. But when you have Kelly Oubre and Tobias Harris kind of stepping up and filling that role, I love his effort. Like not everybody in the starting five has to score points. So that would be my kind of counter argument to that is I'm I'm seeing the effort in other phases of the game from him to where he's – Making massive contributions on a weekend we or a night in oh, night a out. Mister, he's a Mister Do Everything, like they say. I mean, he's a good on guard defender. He's lengthy, right? He'll get palmsy. He's not worried and he about can shoot. shots. Yeah, and he'll, he'll have those oh, games. He he'll have those weeks outside of five feet. He can't shoot. With yeah, he'll have those weeks though where he's really, really good offensively, and then he'll have where it's just like, okay, can you bring? Are you bringing us the defensive side of things? Mm-hmm. Like I, you know. It's just a good. It's just a good roster right now. It's a really good roster, and I'm excited to see how it plays out. Part of me singling out Mountain just there too is I'm still triggered that the final two minutes. I I truly believe this. Aside from them like like Brown and Tatum waking up for a couple seconds, they started making that run because Nick Nurse decided, hey, I'm, we're gonna have DeAnthony Melton bring up the ball, right in the final two minutes. I was like, okay, like can we let's do that? Like when we're up twenty, right? Let's not do that against the Celtics when they're still within ten. Please. Yeah, there were some there were some things there, just sloppy, you know, almost hey, here's the Sixers again. Right here they are. <laughs> and credit to them, they 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 showed us something different. Right? Like they showed us something different. They were able to close out a game. You know, it's never easy. It's a rival. They're a great team. We know how good they are. So, I mean, these are these are games you need to win. And it's a regular season, and we know what the end result how much the end result matters here for the Sixers. So nobody's going to like, you know, run down broad. We've been here before where we played really good basketball and we thought we were different. So, you know, I'm also not going to run around and say, Hey, this team's going to get over that hump. But I will say it looks like that this has the makings of a team that can make a run and that you better start talking about a little bit in the Eastern conference as the season goes on, you better watch yourself. That's all. I just want to be a watch yourself team. I like being the team that nobody talked about when they did their previews for this season and talked about the Eastern Conference. It's like right. you didn't have the reigning MVP fucking pay. Okay? It's like you didn't have the reigning MVP. So I told you guys forever, it don't fucking matter who the hell is around them. Okay? If he's healthy in the playoffs, watch yourselves. That's all. It's never been. But if he is, watch yourself. That's all. And, and I think this roster is arguably – the most balanced roster he's been around here outside of the year where he got hurt when he had Ben Bellinelli, Ilya Sova, right. And that kind of roster that really complemented what he does too, as a player. So everybody goddamn missed me nationally when you want to blow everybody else, all the big time stars, but we got the arguably the best, if not the best player in the NBA right here. You know what I mean? He's right here. He's right. Goddamn here in this city. And because of his injuries in the playoffs, it's taken away from how great he is. Really, it takes it's. I mean, that fucking fadeaway is ridiculous. That's absurd. That's a, it's, it's not fair. It's, it's not fair. It's not fair. Wimbyani, hold hold this, Wimby, hold that, because you ain't even doing that that smooth. And then he's talking yet. shit. Not, not, talk, not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Yeah, when you're talking shit to Sam after it, I love that he went out. My boy Sammy, too. Yeah, I love he that. Missed. He was pissed. I because I mean, well, we all saw the broadcast. We were like, who's he yelling at? I thought he was yelling at, at a player. For a second, I'm like, is Marcus is Marcus Smart on the bench over there? Is he still in Boston? Right? Because right. you have we really don't see him be get fired up like that, except for it's like Al Horford doesn't even do that, to be honest. Yeah, except but you do that against you do that against guys you like 
Yes. Because you look for like any competitive, you know, advantage you can get. Right. So you're playing against a guy like a, a former coach. You want to take it to him. Yeah. Well, and and it's funny because I don't know if, if you guys or anyone at home heard. Uh, I saw it tomorrow on Twitter. Uh, Maxi had like a thing on his podcast where he talked about a story a couple weeks ago when they went out like as a team, like bowling. And he's like going up against Rico Hines and Rico Hines and him are going neck and neck in bowling. And he's literally trying to trip Rico Hines as he's going to bowl. Like he's throwing him just because he wants to win in bowling. So like that's that's it right there. Like it's it's competitiveness at the highest level, which which is great, and which we want it from our star. Right. Question for you: Listen. What happened between Nick Nurse and the Raptors? Because I honestly I don't know. You win the championship, and then two years later you're gone. The the players didn't. They just didn't buy in the message. Personally, I think like who knows, right? Like we weren't in the building. Well, Pat Pat told you everything you need to know. There ain't no dogs up there. Yeah, I think Scotty Your Barnes dog. became a like a kind of a spoiled brat in year two. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, well, he, he said it. And Pat Pat played for him up there, didn't he? No, he didn't go. No, up. but no? he's played him enough, and I respect what he. I, I, I trust what he says. Not like it's gospel, but when you talk about there's no dogs up there, well, right. dude, when they won, they won because they had two big guy goddamn dogs. Yeah. You know, you had Kawhi and Lowry. Let's not run from that, right? And then you add Siakam into it, who is a dog, right? Like, he has dogish tendencies. But, I would love but, Siakam on this team. Me too. Me too. But my point is, is, like, he's a good third guy, right? Great third guy. But yeah. now you make him the lead dog with, with no other doggies around you, and you got no dogs up there. Now, so, the reason I bring that up is because we talked about how Nick prep and, like, I, once again, I would reference Doc because he wanted – but Nick was doing this shit day in and day out against the, the – the East pretty much for somewhat looks the same. Like, he was prepping against Greek. So, he has all these memories that he can use to for strategy-wise against these teams. I'll give – like, I've been sitting here thinking to myself, okay, where are we going to be at a couple months down the road? Who can we get? And I was like, ah. And then came to mind, I was like, nah, he's too old. But I, he's 34. But like Maxi 6'2. I'm literally, as you guys are talking, I'm like Maxi 6'2. He has to play the point. I'm thinking to myself, there is a guard in Chicago that I think oh. will suit this team better. AC. But it's it's not Levine. AC. Give me the older guy. Give me the other guy. Give me give, give me oh. USC Trojan. Give me Mr. Midgame. Give me DeMar DeRozan first. Did I not throw that name out there last week, Tom? And I didn't even watch the show. Give me DeMar DeRozan as our two. That's the and guy then, I said, too. I'd love to have on this team. And then you you see where – now, once again, he's 34. I mean – He's older. He's, he is older, but I'm, I'm just thinking, like, somebody you can probably get cheap. The other thing you can hope for, and it sounds crazy because he is he is balling right now. Toby's doing his damn thing through eight games, seven games, eight games, whatever it is. But it's also an expiring contract. You want Toby to be as shiny and as new as possible. Just in case somebody out, somebody is out there that you can kind of just reel them in in a three-team deal for it. He can go to another contender, maybe out west or some shit, and you can land back a young star. But once again, I think your I think your point guard for the future is here, Max. We already know what it'd be who you have. Well, the perfect situation if they ever did do that, which again, if they're on this kind of pace, they're not moving on, right, Pete? You know, obviously. Right, but if they're not right. playing to the level they think they can get to, you know, the only, the the big one you would see is a, is a team like Cleveland, right? Because right. a team like Cleveland would 
would want to would want to then get out of an old uh, a Mitch not you know older but Mitchell contract mm. and be able to get that like, be able to clear that money off their books right so that's a team that's a team you look at but then again you can't have three max players right, right. so you know to me I'm good I got my two so now mm-hmm. I'm always going to be what little pieces can I add to get better like good players and then we're not talking about just like big time role play like just oh guys just a bench piece you know place here and there i'm talking about like good players to go around guys right so that's the biggest thing like okay with the bias contracts up right obviously if you don't win at all probably not back so what do you what do you do you know who who do you go out and use that money on of two or three players now or two mm. players right to make you even better in two spots that's the interesting things down the road after this year. But, you know, they got a lot of money. They got, you drew they got a parallel of to Denver, right? So if you look at yep. Jokic, Jokic and B, yeah. Maxi Murray, the yep. one piece we're missing, this, this is the one. If Ubre, Ubre, I don't know how you say his last name, if this Ubre. bitch can somehow turn into Michael Porter Jr. for us, what what Denver, what he is for Denver, then, then you got it. Then you got it. Well, which, so, you know what I mean? But – we have, we have to kind of see that. And then he's going to well, bet on himself. So that's going to be well, – that, that was the comparison I wanted to make earlier too, right? And, and we got well, a little sidetracked. third better but... than theirs though? Our mm. third option? And on Wait, Denver? Who's Denver's third? I'm watching uh, right it, their third, Their third option, Tom? Yeah, per but, se, yeah. Was, Aaron be... Gordon? Aaron Gordon? Yeah. yeah, okay. So that's like – that's the bias. So I take the bias over him. I would yes. too. Okay, but he's a, he, he does a lot of things for him. I get it. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then four would be Ubre Porter. Yeah. So okay. I mean, like that's and they got guys. It's almost the like bench, a cancel like, out, right? Because if Porter's right. a little bit better, but yeah. I, but I would look at Tobias fills the sheets a little bit more than than typically what Aaron Gordon does. It's almost like a wash, right? So right. you're almost yeah. kind of one and one a there. I was going to make that that comparison earlier, Pete, where. I look at the team, right, and we're saying, listen, nobody's cutting down any nets. Nobody's greasing right. poles like somebody put in here. However, there's no reason that this team – a lot of people last year, nobody believed in what Denver was doing there, right? No. And I am seeing early season comparisons to the way that team is constructed, even down to the 12th man on the bench to compare to how this 76ers team is constructed. And I'm not saying that means they're the Denver Nuggets, but what I'm saying is – if they're really smart about how they mine their P's and Q's between now and the end of the year, that could be a team that can make a very serious run to the, to an Eastern Conference final, and all bets are off at that point because of how deep they are but how strong they are at the top and young they are at the top compared to a lot of teams. Because you have Jokic, who's a special kind of a player, and Embiid, who's a special kind of a player. I would put Maxi and Murray almost at the same level at this point. You're really looking – uh, almost, I, I said almost. Yeah, I mean, one, did, one, did you say Max Murray? That, that's why I think that's why I get him the slight edge because Murray. Well, I just, said almost. Murray went off in but we, that's also something by the end of the year we could be saying something totally different. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. With the oh, way yeah. that he started out this year, right? And I said almost. I would still give it to Murray. Murray's a special player too. But I look at this team and I just think to myself, like, I don't see why they need to move off the Tobias contract at this point, Pete. The way he's playing. That's why I said only if only if it has right. to be defended. There can't be questions. But about if what Tobias is playing at this level, right, and they're just winning games, sometimes doesn't matter who's out there. Listen, at the end of the year, 
regardless whether they bring whether they ride him out or they don't, that money is going to be there to bring a player in. You don't need to, so at this point, if you got a chance to make a run this year, I don't mess with the chemistry of that team to where I'm taking my third best option off, who's putting up 18 to 20 every night, grabbing me six boards and shooting at a 55% clip from the field. Just not doing it. Doesn't yeah, matter if, I, if it gets me a Donovan Mitchell or not. I need to, if I got a chance to win this year, I'm not worrying about next year and throwing this year to the side. And that's the thing is, I also look at it this way, right? Maxi could be, Maxi's going to probably get a max deal or close to it next year, right? Is he, is, at, is in he the eligible off-season. this offseason for an extension? He's eligible in the offseason to get a max deal. Max or an extension? I, not a max, is he not max eligible yet? I, I thought he was. Well, he's second, no, he, he, anyone, I mean, anyone, uh, De'Aaron Fox got max after his fourth year. So if he can get okay. max after his fourth year, yeah. He I mean, I don't, I don't know if, I don't know if they'll do that. I mean, he definitely deserves a pay raise. But he regardless, does. right. So my point is he's going to get paid, right? Yeah. yeah. I don't see anybody giving Tobias the kind of contract that he got this year. Let's just be realistic. No, not anymore. So, but he's still going to get paid. But I'm saying like, even if – He's still in 30 million mode. He's still 30 million mode in this league. Maybe 25? Like 20, there's a, there's a lot of money on the salary cap to go around. Is why guys like him get – Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> like, listen, it goes up every year, I feel like, too. So, I mean, you guys say 25, right. I say 30. Well, I think the, the cap ballpark, goes right? – yeah, I think the cap's been going yeah, – Either way, guys make money. So, guy, stupid guys who can't play make money. So, he's in the – that's fine. He's in the 25 I'm saying there range. could be an opportunity even to bring him back at a, le- a lesser clip if he Three, if he but, fits. And but 25-30. Yeah, 25-30. You know what I mean? 25, 25 I would do. I wouldn't do 30. I wouldn't do, I wouldn't touch 30. I mean, Harden got 30. If they get past the right. second round, I'll give him 30. Yeah. Get to the Easter Conference Finals. You, you got Every 30. round you get past, I'll give you another $5 million per. It's fine. Well, Dak, we'll start making promises. Crumb, to your point, though, I could see him easily being back in a contract that's good for him and good for us. So Correct. to that point, I think like I don't – that's a guy I'm not worried about. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's chasing money. He's made a ton. So not counting anybody else's money. But he seems a guy who's smart with his money. He's a smart cat. So guys like that, I, I think at this point in their career, they're trying to win, right? And if this if he feels like this gives him the best chance to win, then he'll stay and take 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50. Now I'm just kidding. Still a little NFL. Um, <laughs> but you know what I mean? He'll take that 20 to $30 million range contract um, to stay and try to win. Hey, we got you, brother. Thanks he's still young. Us. Like he's been in the league a while, but Toby's only thirty-one. Yeah, but he's out of the max world, right? In my yeah. opinion, you know, he's out of that world. Especially yeah. when you can only max two players. So that's going to be next- a big difference going forward, too. Tom is that that's going to change the economics of the league. The fact that teams are only going to be allowed to max two players going forward. Before they were, I think they were allowed to do three. Yep, three. Yep. So that's going to be a big difference maker because these guys aren't going to have those those big paydays like they used to have he he 100 percent falls out of that when you're taking how many how many teams in the league are 32 teams 32. you're taking 32 uh, max contracts out 30. of con out of the the 30, league right 30 is it 30, is it 30? sorry yeah 30. it's all good i'm thinking any i'm thinking any i've been hearing a lot of years in a couple years it'll yeah, be 30 teams you're taking you're removing 30 max contracts from the league next year tobias harris is 100 percent in that in that category no, nah, it's the smartest move the NBA's done in a long time. Um, to try to something to create a competitive balance. 
Yeah. yeah, like you don't want team, you don't want players doing this too much. You, you, you know, you want players to, you want to calm down with like the demands of being out, right. and 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 it sort of slows that down a little bit. So, you know, because now there's not as much money for you to do it, right? Now you're really getting the special players are getting max, and the losers, right, are getting good money. <laughs> and it's on top of that, Tom. It's like. By taking that extra max contract out, right? Now, since you can't do the super team shit no more, right? What is it going to do? You can't just be saying, here, here, you get a why the reason why we're in the position we are now, because out on Brandon Dale Moore was you get a draft pick, you get a draft pick, you get a draft yeah. pick, you get a draft pick. Now those draft picks mean something because now, especially now what the Sixers are doing, you have the reigning MVP and you may have the second coming of the next head of the franchise who you drafted. So what teams can, outside of Denver? What t- what team do you know outside of Denver who's won a championship? What, when's the last time a team did that? Not name the Spurs, but homegrown talent. Um, I mean Golden Milwaukee State. did it too. With, 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 yeah, that's with, what I was going to say. Golden State, Golden State. That's Golden all homegrown State, yeah. talent. But, so, I mean, like, uh, but, but what does every? How how hard is that to replicate? Where every other team tries to do that, and they just say, F it, this shit's too hard. We're gonna take our picks. Let's go get established assets, right?" Oh yeah, that's what everybody was trying to do, yeah. right? And and that's what they, you know, the Sixers are in that position. But the biggest part of this whole trade was was the assets you got back and the draft picks. Like yep. the draft picks were, you could just give me the draft picks for hard, and I would have said, "Okay, I'll deal yep. with it." You know what I mean? Because at this point, you you need to replenish that, not only as having is having the capital to be able to go out and make a move you needed to, but the but the capital of being able to continue to the 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 get go players here, mm-hmm. right? And if that's in twenty seven, that's in whatever it is, right? You know what I mean? If that's in twenty twenty five, whatever you need it back to be able to then use it for whatever. So you know, I'm not worried about that far down the line, but you know what I mean? Like to be able to use that capital to be able to trade a second round pick. For, for a player, right, mm-hmm. and a player you're not using, like that's the kind of stuff you're you're looking to try to do now. You know what I mean? And that's the easy stuff that gets you a good role player back. Well, it goes back to this poll question too. You know, related to Harden, and it's something that you know we talked about. I, I said before even like the trade happened, right? With all this Clippers thing, it's so clearly and and I. For the record, like if you could say, oh, you know, in a month this might not age well, whatever. Mm-hmm. They can go on a nine-game winning streak, the Clippers, and I will still believe them, right? Because it just is what it is. It's clear as day. The Clippers having interest in James Harden and doing this, it was not a basketball transaction. It was not what was best for the basketball team. It was what was best because they are one of 90 teams in L.A. that is also looking at a new stadium, and they were looking at the attraction. That's just right. Sure. If just so happens that James Harden stays healthy and actually figures out in the playoffs, Russell Westbrook figures it out in the playoffs, Kawhi and PG stay healthy, stay healthy, stay healthy, and also figure it out in the playoffs, then yeah, they'll be really good. They'll be a tough out in the second, third, maybe even fourth round. Absolutely. But if we just go by what they've always been, aside from 2019, Kawhi Leonard, where of course he's playing the Sixers and he wasn't a human, we know how this ends. Right, it was never a basketball transaction. The fact that Ty Lu, numerous times, said, "Oh, it's a work in progress. We'll figure it out." Russell Westbrook, numerous times, "Ah, we're just going to figure it out." Well, this, this James Harden is an off-ball two guard. When literally in his press conference, he's talking about he is a system. He needs to be on all ball. That didn't age well, did it? James? And we're two games in. Well, this that was that to me that move for them was more of a 
Well, let's hold hold let's hold your thoughts on that. Hold your thoughts yeah. on the mood. Let's take a quick break because we gotta we have to do that. So let's do that now. Remember what you know, remember where you're going with this, and we'll come back mm-hmm. on the other side and we'll continue that conversation. This is A2D Wednesday nights, only on A2D Radio. We'll continue Sixers Talk right on the other side. Royal Billiard and Recreation, proudly celebrating 40 years and our new, bigger showroom. Twice the size and twice the fun. More pool tables by Olhausen. More dartboard sets, including custom-reclaimed backboards. More bar and kitchen stools that can change a room. And more bars, including pre-built and custom. Hot tubs, skee-ball, shuffleboard outdoor and fun royal billiard and recreation your ultimate game room store now located on bethlehem pike in colmar in our family food is our daily bond my nonna affectionately called mama by many found solace and joy in the kitchen sharing our love through delicious creations she turned her culinary passion into a flourishing business alongside her husband and sons in 1983 Celebrating 40 years is a testament to our exceptional team, friends, family, and beloved customers. With gratitude, we look forward to the future, expanding our brand to share the highest quality Italian food and wine nationwide. Our heartfelt thanks to everyone who has played a part in our story. Grazie mille. Hats.com is the premier destination for quality and fashion-forward hats and more, with designs for every style and trend. Locally based and run by Philly sports team fanatics, Hats.com can help you elevate your hat jaw. Utilize the easy-to-use guides at Hats.com to find your perfect size and style. And shipping and returns are free. Hats.com. Find yourself in a hat. Use code Philly for 15% off your order. Hats.com. Welcome back, everybody. A2D Wednesday nights. If you're just joining us, we're obviously talking Sixers. Real ex- realistic expectations for the 23, 24 Sixers we'll talk about in a little bit here. Who's exceeding expectations? We sort of got into all that. Now we're sort of just like circle in the room just as a whole. Um, we talked about Tyrese Maxey as a second option. Uh, Joel Embiid being Joel Embiid and being the MVP of the league that nobody even talks about. And our poll question was, the Sixers are a better constructed team. Without James Harden, do you agree or disagree? You can let us know. Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. That's where we're live, and we are also brought to you by Hats.com. Like you just heard from Irv, Hats.com, you can use code Philly for 15, 15% off your next order over at Hats.com. And you can also get the hat Brian Dawkins wore when he got inducted into the NFL Hall of Fame, which is always great. And you listen to Dog Talk here with Irv, Hollis, and Brian Dawkins. Usually on Thursdays, but this Friday they'll be on Friday at five. But they're usually on Thursdays, just to people looking at the same time now. All right. So our poll, I'm gonna I want to see what it is. Let me see where we're at here. Let me see. Let me get result talk. So while you're doing that, let me follow yeah. up with Ryan on that previous point he was making before we took our break. The, the the move for the Clippers with Harden is less about the basketball move for this year, and it's more about next year. It's a double insurance policy. A if Kawhi or Paul George gets hurt, you have that other superstar that's already kind of locked in to fill in. And the other thing is, I think they lose Kawhi next year, they lose Paul George next year. So to them, that is having a marketable star going beyond this year because the the expectation is they're probably going to sign him to, whether it's a max deal or close to next year, he's going to end up being the guy going forward. So he may get that 
that that old James Harden in Houston that he wanted, that he basically talked himself out of a job with Houston this year, only with the Clippers next year, because the expectation is more than likely they're losing Kawhi and Paul George. So I think it's less about the basketball move, and clearly, because you you made the point, right? We're two games in, and they're already talking about how do you manage him in Westbrook, because both guys need to have the ball in their hands. Then they're talking about, well, maybe you move Westbrook to the second unit, but how happy is he going to be about that? You move James Harden to the second unit. You just went out and got this guy who ran his mouth about being, uh, you know, put into these situations, and now you're telling him he's going to be the second option there. I mean, it's it's it doesn't – with all four of them in the lineup, it doesn't make a ton of sense to me unless one of them gets hurt this year. Then it yeah. makes sense. Uh, but it's more about it. next year and having another – it's an insurance policy for when Paul George and Kawhi Leonard walk. It's, it's, yeah, I'm not going to tell – I'm not going to sit here and act like that that can't play, right? If that's healthy, that can play. So I'm not going to sit here and, and act like for a second. I mean, he's a loser. All right, that that's well documented. Okay, he's never been a winner. All right, and he he cares about other stuff more than basketball, and that's fine. Okay, it doesn't mean he doesn't love the game. It doesn't mean he doesn't work hard to to be great at the game. It just means he's not a winner. Okay, and and that's the difference. Are you obsessed with it? Okay, winners are obsessed. They're not just in it for the glitz and the glamour and the other things. They're goddamn fucking obsessed. So that's where I draw the line with him. Now the other guys. You know, I'm not going to sit here. And I know those other doggies. If they're if they are healthy, that team is a problem. If those three guys, like if those two are healthy, that that team is a problem, right? I know they lost some things, but that team is still really good. So I won't go there. You know, I won't go there. But the West is loaded, so you also have that to factor into it too. But again, all this comes down to health, man. You know, same thing here. If Joel is healthy. We, we got a great opportunity to get out of second round. If Joel Embiid is not healthy, we run into the same problems the rest of the teams in the NBA run into when they have not when they're paying a lot of money for a healthy superstar and they do not have that healthy superstar at the level they expect. Did, did anybody else hold their breath tonight in the in the second half where he he got the I think he was fronting Jalen and Jalen poked the ball away and it like he had a half a second before he dove for the ball. I'm like. Like why? Like the ball is already out there, and then I think he tripped Jalen Brown, and Jalen Brown like landed on his back, like on his oh, side. Oh, Porzingis, yeah, it was Porzingis. Oh, Porzingis, Porzingis, it landed on his side, and Joel was down. I'm like, dude, come on! Like, don't get me wrong, basketball is strenuous, but like you always hear that old that that old ad saying, like football, you always you'll never feel as good as you do the first day of training camp. After that, it's all downhill from there. And I feel like, oh, like, and be like by game 10, like he's never 100% ever again for the rest of the season. And like, I don't need that, sir. You know what I mean? If, no, if you need a healthy year. Happen. It's every year. Give us a healthy year, yeah. man. If you give us a healthy year, we're one of the toughest outs in the league because we have an unguardable big man. Yep. <laughs> so that makes it tough. Who likes to turn the ball over? But, we, but that's what big guys <laughs> do sometimes. We have an unguardable big man. I think regardless of the injury history, right? Uh, I'm sure when Denver fans see Jokic go and fall to the floor to chase after a loose ball, and somebody lands on his on his ass or on his back, or you know, may, looks like they might land on his shoulder, they're all holding their breath because when you have a special talent, man, that's that's precious cargo. Anything will make you hold your breath because yeah. your season hangs in the balance of that player. So. 
I mean, taking the injury history out or not, Joe Welch is a special guy. And big guys, you're right, you know, to, to, to a degree, their bodies break down a little bit faster, a little bit easier. Um, so I'm going to hold my breath regardless of what happens with Joe. I mean, I, I just – you can't help yourself, right? Pete, we watch wrestling, right? You see a guy like a Daniel Bryan. Every time he does something, you're like, oh, fuck, here we go, concussion. Here we go. Like, you're just going to be like that with your special people in whatever industry that you're in. So, that I mean – I, I hold my breath a little bit, but you know we're also going to overreact to a lot of things when it comes to a guy it's like a him or a guy like Jokic Joel, as well. I, f- I feel like sometimes his his shit, it, the, he he never see the player be as graceful as Gazelle on certain plays, like like a pure pr- prime Gazelle or a cheetah, just not as fast, but can do moves, but then also look like he was just born and have the ugly. He could be a little clunky sometimes. My God. Like it, he, he looks like a car who's backfiring sometimes, and that's what it looked like tonight. It's like the a moment in his mind went off, like don't die for the ball, and he's like, "All right, fuck it, I'm gonna die." <laughs> like <laughs> I was like, "Dude, what are you doing?" Like it was a, it was a hesitation before he dove, and I'm like, "What? Like what are you doing?" But it's just it's those type of falls where it's just like, "Oh my god, bro!" Like, come on, man! Like you know how much you mean. We need you to. We need to be playing in the, in the Eastern Conference Finals. You know. Like how much pressure is that on you? You know what I mean? I agree yeah, with he's you. He's weird but that, when he falls. Like he's not. He doesn't. He never has learned. It's how not to, graceful. Like, at, at no. No. And landing on an NBA court. Falling either, and then now he's doing it again. And he's like, oh, maybe this is like a Nick Nurse thing, where it's like, Joe, don't fall, because he didn't fall like at all in the first like four games, and now he's just like, okay, we're back. He's going down. Yeah, you know, he's listen, that's always going to happen with him, right? He's never learned how to just like, and again, NBA courts are never easy to land on, but there's ways to like land soft, even though you're big, and he doesn't. So you just hope that when he does, (laughs) does you you pray. (laughs) And yeah, Marcus, I would start watching the Sixers if I was you. If you're not, I would definitely, I would definitely dive in. You know, NBA, I love basketball season. Not only for the NBA, but I love the college basketball back. So, you know, it's a great time of the year. It gets dark. It sucks. But then you get, like, you get something on every night. You you know, you want to watch a little basketball. The only thing better is MLB on every night to me, right, personally. Like, MLB on every night, games to watch. I I always enjoy that. But this is a great time of year. I'll I'll just say this to to, on the the Joel and beat falling things. I'm going to jump out in a second. But to your point, Tom, like there is no easy way for him to fall, unfortunately. Like, has anyone seen a tree fall in the woods gently? No, 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 must no. land on some soft shit. <laughs> no, and it's a catch 22, too, right? Because, because you have your Jalen Hurts and you have these different guys, right? Do you want them to not play their? St- I mean, you want maybe, you know, you don't want them running every play, but you also don't want to tell them, hey, don't play your style either because that style is what makes them special, right? So, you know, again, it's a catch-22 because you want, to, you want to protect the asset, but at the same point, you know, you don't want to handcuff the talent either. No, there's truth to that for sure. You don't want to take away what makes you what makes you great ever. Like his you effort want... is what makes him great. When he, when he chases a guy down from the back from like out of nowhere, like you said, Pete, like when he runs like a gazelle and he blocks a shot out of nowhere – like, you know, there's people that say, give up on the play. Don't worry. Come back to the other, you know, get it back on the other side of the court. But that's what makes him a special player. That w- That's what makes him elite over a lot of other guys. So, because you know, Jokic is, Jokic ain't doing that shit. 
No, but but like that's that's what Walk, I want. Blocking from Joel shots from behind. And, Have you ever oh, seen yeah. Jokic run anybody down from behind? No, like he's out of frame on a play. Uh, one of the Morris brothers. He he did. I mean, that's the Morris brother. Oh, right that after from behind. Play. That was a that was a <laughs> no. Joel Joel blocked shots like nobody's business. I mean, I never yes. seen nothing like it. Like he appears out of thin air. Yeah, it's like oh, he came and got that. Like so, that makes your defense elite too. Can we so. get Can we get Joel with me at the twenty three hundred arena? And he could teach him how to take a bump. <laughs> oh God, let's go for it. We got it, gentlemen. I'm going to jump out of here. Always a pleasure. Great win. Oh. Great win. See you, Ryan. Later. See you, brother. Um, but yeah, Kawhi will be out if that doesn't go. Somebody will be out. So that is a I'm not telling you it's a great built team, Cal, or anything like that. I'm just telling you they're. They could be really good. They could be a really tough out if they're healthy. That's all. I don't. Well, especially don't believe, when the benches shrink. Yeah, I don't the believe in that team. I don't believe in them per se because some of their guys. But um, they could be really. They could be good if they once they start playing together. That also matters here. So, but either way, Sixers are playing great basketball. Um, you know, and again, it's so early, but. You could you could come out of the gates and be five hundred. You could come out of the gates and be under five hundred. So there's there's other ways to look at how you start. And I look at how I start with I look at like my main pieces. My main pieces. How do they look together? And they look tremendous together. So that's a great start to it, right? And that's just the beginning of it. And I think when more guys obviously get comfortable in their rotations, you know, this team could be even better. So you know. I think their expectations are as simple as I've always said. If Joel's healthy, they're going somewhere. If he's not, he's not. I mean, there's no other way to say it. Like, if that, if, the, if you know, Maxie and their guys are all healthy, they are a goddamn issue. They're an issue for people. So we'll see if that happens. So that's my expectation. They have every chance to go to an Eastern Conference final. Like, like four or five teams have to in the Eastern Conference, right? So, of course, they have a chance to. But that's all depending on the health of the team, which you're not as worried about is the health of your superstar. Your superstars have to be healthy for a seven-game series because we talked about benches shrinking, right? Mm -hmm. I, I don't expect to win a series with Paul Reed as my five. And that's not a shot at Paul, right? I really love him as a backup. But that's like getting the backup QB in. You might rally for a game and win it, but you ain't winning a damn series starting from nothing, nothing. So his impact is that gigantic. And I can't even have like, oh, a partially torn something that he's playing through. Like, you can't have any of it, guys. You can't have any of it. Nope. It's got to be the healthiest version of him. And if he's 90%, that's fine. But 90% is giving you 30. So, you know, you just have to be the, – you have to have the ability to be able to play his game even if it's not – you know, can't be like 75, right? So it's got you got to be like – got to be a like 85 or above. Um, and yes, uh, Maxi's floater is is a killer too. It's nasty. Yeah. And I also think, like when we're talking about, and it sounds so crazy, we're talking about this seven games in, but we all right. know what, right. what, 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 the, what the bar is for this team. We all know where we need them to be come April, come May, right? And now I think with the subtraction of Harden and what you have and what we've seen on the court in this seven games thus far in the small sample sizes, we promote. You can't just take one thing away from us now to try to slow us down. 
You know what I mean? So now we promote more problems on offense and also from a defense perspective perspective as well, because we have, like somebody said away earlier in the show, is we have wing depth. So we have more wings that are athletic on both sides of the ball to throw at you in those matchups. You know what I mean? So now I think from from a strategy sense, there's, we're also tougher if we keep this same style of basketball going. We're, we're a tougher matchup. We're going to be a tougher out. And that also helps from the standpoint of and matchups because really realistically, the last couple of years, we we drawn the short, we we drew the short end, the short straw every fucking time in the second round. Every time. Like and you you if we play this team the other versus this team, different story, right? But that's such as such as life, such as basketball. You can't change that. So where this year, if that happens again, the adaptability and flexibility. I think is better, and and it, the crazy thing is, it can get imp- it can be improved. Like Tom said, if the trade line, you don't have to be buyers of yep. grade A beef. You can get prime, like you can get prime. You don't have to go get wagyu. Mm-hmm. You can You're give right. me some Angus. Give me some Angus. <laughs> you feel what I'm saying? Which is yeah, good, but good. it also still accentuates good. what we have. Yeah, because you don't need to like take the ball out of hands, right? right. That's the biggest key here, right? Because like I always say, you, I mean. Listen, you only have so many basketballs to go around. So you got to be always cautious of that situation for a lot of reasons. And one's winning. <laughs> Doesn't mean you don't want guy you don't want guys who can't score. Right. Of course not. Like you need the Ubers of the world. You need the Tobias of the world. But you but you know, your offense gotta go through your two best players and the other guys fit into that scheme, that system you're running. Right. So to me, like you know, I don't want I don't want another superstar. I want another damn good basketball player, right? That's what I'm looking for when you build off of those two guys. And right now you're getting a damn good basketball player in Tobias Harris, and you're getting a damn good basketball player in Kelly Oubre right now. And then there's other pieces like you talk about wing deaths when you talk about Cobb and and, and Batoon and the ability to run uh, Marcus Morris. And, you know, then you have the wing death of a guy like not, you know, just a Pat Bev who gets up after you. Right, and is always hand in the face guy, and you have some of those pieces that are that are really important to building out a really damn good roster. I mean, tonight bench is shortened, right? Yep. Obvious, it's a big game. So if you factor that in, I mean, you're running Batoon, Cove, Paul Reed, Beverly, and Corky for three minutes, right? So that doesn't count. But then you mix Morris in somewhere into that mix. Right, depending like on the matchup you KJ want. Martin too, somewhere you got. Yeah, so I, I mean that's your short, and that, that's your that's what just went short tonight for you, and you got really good efficient production from your bench, efficiency wise with a two for three, a two for four, four for five, one for two. You know, Corky was over two at the end. We're in his three minutes, but whatever. You know what I mean? You got rebounding, so you got some of that 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 depth to go along with what you have in your starting lineup. So I mean. Uh, who's other the other athletic wings? I mean, I wouldn't call Cove like unathletic. I wouldn't call Batoon unathletic. They're they're bigger. They, they you know they're more lengthy, right? Um, you know, the, Tobias is a guy who plays great defense. So it's not like they don't have like you know Melton. You got to look at wings as like not just you know a small forward. Like a wing is your guards too. Mm-hmm. What your guards do on the shooting perim- guard is the perim- Yeah, it's perimeter defense. You're gonna have times Joel's on the perimeter. You're gonna have times Paul Reed's on the defend- 
the on the perimeter. So, you know, to me, it's just about having guys that are willing to play defense out there and that are lengthy. And if they're not lengthy, they're up in your jock strap. I mean, that's what you're looking about for perimeter defenders. Something that we've lacked around here, man. Let's mm-hmm. let's call it how it is. You know, listen. At this t- point of their careers, you know, PJ gets after it. I get it, but I'd rather have a Cove and and a Batoon over a PJ because I get offense out of it. I get some si- sort of offense out of those two guys. You know, and they're active, right? You're looking for activity. That's all. Yeah, are you active tonight? And you know Marcus is going to be active, mm-hmm. right? You, you would expect when he gets comfortable and whatever the situation is, right, starts really getting some minutes, what, what's, he, what's, he, what's he bring? Because he's a guy right. who can score a little bit. He's physical. So, I mean, I can't say enough. I'm not trying to crown a roster. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm just saying it's damn good. It's really good. That's all. I don't, to me, Marcus Morris brings you exactly what PJ. I don't think I never saw what PJ like this outstanding amount of. I mean, he was he, good defensively, but I never. Thirty two, you know, when he was thirty two, yeah, right. Like PJ's never been a tremendous player, though. Like he's he's you know he puts a lot of effort in and, and he can give you some tough games defensively, but he's never been a guy that I don't think he's ever averaged double digits for the contract that he got. I mean, getting rid of that deal was huge in my opinion. Guys, I got to you can, I'll be right back. Yeah. You could get the same from, from essentially what you get from a guy like a Marcus Morris. I, I just, I, I never really, I didn't really see what the huge appeal was bringing him in. And yeah, we saw some, some effort games in the playoffs, but again, overall, I've I've always felt like he's a little bit of an overhyped guy. I thought his contract was overinflated for what you actually get back in terms of your return. Uh, I, I, it just doesn't. It never really did much for me. Um, PJ is the guy who who can shoot a little, not the most athletic, but is fundamentally sound and will get up in you. He's a taller. He's a taller, bigger Pat Bev. You know what I mean? Right, right. But, but, but I mean, yeah, but Pat, that they also didn't see money like PJ saw. So that that goes to your point of the contract doesn't match what right. you got out of it. And, and then also him and Harden are like this. So if Harden. Oh, I think that's a huge reason as to why they got rid of him. I'll, I'll be right. Oh, you're good. I think that was a huge reason as to why they ended up getting rid of him as well. Uh, they had to make that move in, in order to kind of keep the peace. And I think that. Obviously, PJ Tucker made his displeasure known ahead of time and showed where his allegiance was. I think you had to worry about the chemistry of the team, and and regardless of what he brings to you playoff wise, uh, or or brings to you in toughness wise, you know you need a guy who's going to be bought in and bought in with the front office and be bought in with the with the head coach and, and the rest of the roster. And can't just be relying on one guy. And I, and I think that that. PJ made it very well known where his allegiance was going to lie. And, uh, you know, they, they moved him accordingly, and I thought it was a really strong move. You know, I'm happy. What I'm happy about is I see a guy like Robert Covington who comes back, and he's kind of floated around since he was here, and he was here for the early parts of the process. And, uh, you know, for him to come back here and now kind of have an opportunity to come back and be a contributor to a team that can actually make a really strong run not just be, you know, a, a first round tough out like they were when he was first here. Uh, 
you know, with, with, with the teams that were built around a young Embiid and, and, and obviously uh, Dario and guys like that, you know, I think that's something that can rejuvenate him a little bit. And, and it looked like, it looks like game by game, he's a guy who's starting to get a little bit more comfortable with being back in Philadelphia. Uh, it was nice to see him get his first three pointer tonight. And, you know, surprising to me that he's a guy who is the number two guy in the three point list all, made all time behind Allen Iverson for the 76ers. And I think he's a guy that's a little bit understated and elder statesman that can come in here. And as he gets reacclimated and more comfortable, could be another huge asset. So, you know, you lose, you know, we talked about it a lot. You lose a guy like a James Harden and he's an uber talented player. And nobody can take that away from him but it's addition by subtraction. Uh, and obviously you're seeing the pieces around him flourish. Talked about Kelly Oubre and how he's being given an opportunity and he's doing it on a night in, night at, night, ba- uh, night in and night basis. Uh, Furkan's really stepped up. Furkan has essentially been almost like the backup point guard for the first, you know, six or seven games of this season. And I don't think it's an aberration that this team, since the Harden deal, they lose opening night, they come out, and since that Harden deal has moved on for P.J. Tucker, the team has improved. The team has, has won six games in a row. They look like a re-energized team on the court, and uh, it's it's really been something impressive to watch. And I saw Coach Marcus say, is it time to get back on the Sixers bandwagon? I heard the guys on agree to disagree on Sunday night. You know, get in and have a conversation. Are we welcoming everybody back to the bandwagon? You're damn right we are. Get back on because this is a great time to be a Sixers fan. Uh, you know, they gave us a little bit of the uh, – it's like the second scare this week we got. Uh, similar to, you know, Sunday night we have the Cowboys making their their drive down in the last minute of the game. And, and past history would tell you here we go again. Obviously, you think the Eagles are going to cough it up, but they make the plays at the end. And you almost saw – you know, basketball's version tonight with the 76ers. You know, you play the Boston Celtics, and that's a team that has historically managed to either wipe you off the floor or find ways to play tough basketball in that last quarter to almost where they they, they climb back in bit by bit, and then you get into that last minute, and there's a total breakdown. And there was definitely a breakdown, but you got plays when you needed to defensively. You get the block down the other end in that final 10 seconds. And, and, you know, the Sixers managed to kind of resurrect their demons as, as, you know, so I feel like we resurrected two demons this week, guys, with the Boston Celtics, with the, with the, the, the Cowboys, both games really taking us down to the wire, really having us clench our buttholes a little bit. But at the end of the day, we kind of came out of it. And I don't know if you guys were listening, but, you know, I was talking about Robert Covington, who I think is a guy who, I was not a big Rocco guy before, right? I just right. felt like it was an overvalue on him. Yeah. Um, this point in his career, though, you know, he hasn't – he's been around. He was here at the beginning of the process, so he knows what it was about. And now to come back here and have a Full chance circle. to truly contribute as a seasoned veteran at this point. I, and, I, and I mentioned earlier how I enjoyed seeing him knock down his first three. Mm-hmm. Totally didn't realize until they mentioned the other day in the broadcast that he's number two behind Iverson all time in the organization of three pointers. I did not know that. Yeah, crazy to think about that. But really great to see him kind of get contribute a little bit offensively. He looks like he's he's back here and enjoying his time being here. 
And now Listen, the real, real quick, it's just full yeah. circle, right? It's full circle. And there's a quote going out that like, you know, that Cowboys, you know, what happened at the end there is almost like us turning over a new leaf. Cause that's a game you're like, no way you're giving this game away. And right. then that's a game you end up winning the way it all broke, broke down. You're like, oh, wow. Well, then we ended up winning it, you know? So like that, that changes sort of like the usual Philly thing where, Hey, it's really, it's a Philly thing where a guy's going to hit a 65 yarder and beat us. Right. Or, right. you know, little things like that, or we're going to have a, you know, a pass interference that gets into the 50 and now they're down to the five. Right. And we're going to call, call this game up or we're playing the Celtics night and we're up and it feels like this is a, this is night night. It's a wrap. And when Jalen Brown hit that three pointer, I was like, oh man. I mean, I think that cut it to three. I'm like, yeah. oh Jesus Christ, here we go. Like right. plenty of time left on the clock. That was one of those moments, right, Tom? It's like mm-hmm. it's like when they make that play and they get down to the five yard line, the Cowboys the other night, and then they start to get the, you know, they have the delay of game, they had the sack, they had the the off offside that kind of pushed them back a little bit. But until that point, you're like, here we go again. But then yeah, you right. make the plays. You get, you know, you have obviously Brandon Graham come around the edge just enough to make Dak, force Dak to step out of bounds. You get that sack that pushes them all the way back and they end up playing, I think they were on like the 25, 30 yard line. Yeah. That was what we saw tonight. That to me was like that block. That block that you saw down the other end in that last 10 or 15 seconds was like the sack that we ended up getting where you needed a huge defensive play. And the defensive prowess of this team stepped up. Where in the past that does not happen here. Yeah, I just want to say this: like that's a team that is our arch nemesis, right? They always seem to beat us. Mm-hmm. So regular season, postseason, and we win games, but they always seem to get the better of us, right? Uh, you know, in the larger scale. So tonight's tonight's an important important milestone for this group, right? right? This group of players. Every year is different. Right, and it's a new staff, and this game was don't don't nobody kid themselves how important you know a game seven games into the season is for a basketball team, right? And then you get your playing tournament coming up, and now you see what the NBA really wants out of it is more competitiveness early on in the year, right? That's what they're trying to gain out of it, and you know we'll get our Friday night our first game of that play-in versus the Pistons, so you know I, we'll see how that how that looks and more of that competitive. Mm-hmm environment right i'm excited to see how that just looks because that's a stepping stone for what this team may be come postseason so you know there's a lot of exciting things to look forward to with this season and he's again guys stay healthy and you know i think nick and this staff you know i knew when we hired it what what rico hines is you know and and how much how much players believe in his player development right so there's a lot of great things that you know we can look for in the future with the staff and, and some of these players. So it's a good time right now. Could you imagine just saying you get like a guy like Covington that kind of comes back full circle. And then that's the time you get over the hump in that second round and get to the Eastern conference finals. It would just be so poetic for something like that. To happen. Yeah, it would. Yeah, I mean, would. I mean, this is, this is probably a little raw, but honestly, and this doesn't apply to Chrome because we're talking about the one sport. He's not a fan of Philly. But look at it last year. We we had no Reese this year. We did not get back to the World Series. We went out, had no Reese, went out and spent another 300 cool million on Trey Turner. 
when you always go get the fancy kind the fancy shiny car does not always mean you're going to get that success so yes it's, it would be very philly-esque for covington to come back <laughs> a sign of the process well, as it as it at its inception pre and bead pre and bead pre and bead and then now this this is the this is the one where you get maybe you maybe you may i always say listen i know what it's like to be in a parade and when it's cold as shit I had one in October. I had one in February. Can I be in the parade when it's hot? I know. Please. Yeah. You For know what real. I mean? So. For real. And listen, like, well, well, at the end of the day, when you're the best player in basketball, if not the second best, however you want to consider it, wherever you want to rank it that day, and I'm not going to sit here and argue with Nuggets fans, I get it. Your guy's <laughs> a winner. Special shit, too. Right. You know, they're different, but they're similar. Um, so, you know, the fact that you know, you got the second best or first best, whoever he is, you know, that gives you a shot every year. Yep. In, in this sport, it does. You know, other sports, not necessarily, right? You know, and speaking of Reese, he's not going to be back because Harper's going the first, and that's probably the, the smart long-term the business decision for not only the Phillies but for him. But, you know, now you, you got to bring back a guy like Noah. You know, Absolutely. you need to bring back the durability. And listen, they'll be creative, dude. They're all in, so I'm not worried about it. You're gonna lose guys, man. Right. That's part of the it's part of the gig here. So you know, there's enough leadership on this team that you know, I don't think Reese Hoskins is the is the exact reason we didn't get back per se, right? It it didn't help it would have been nice to have him in this lineup for sure, but not having him now, you expect there to be something to replace with, yeah. the, the production you would hope when you're all in the win. So we'll see how that plays out. But the Sixers, man. When you got the best player and you're in a sport like this, this small, mm-hmm. like in hockey, like if you got the best player in hockey, you know when there's five guys on the ice, well, you got a chance to win a lot of games. Yep, you got a chance to win. Now you need other pieces too, but you always go into a season saying, "Yo, it's our year." The only reason we go in saying it's not our year is because our best player is never healthy for that time of year. So, you know, how do they work that out this year? You know, I, you know, how do you? You, you can't even live managing because, like, these types of injuries are always like freak shit. He lands weird. He somebody hits him in the face, right? Yeah, the orbital bone was the worst. But the, the whole like full circle is a cub. Is it Nick Nurse who, you know, 25 pounds beat us? Is trading hard into the team Kawhi's on? There's a lot of things you can look at, you know, to say, hey, you know what? This is how this shit ends. You know, hey, this, this is how this, this little curse of second round exits ends. Is how this team gets to an NBA Finals, right? Which, how great would that be for this fan base that loves its basketball to just be the center of attention for hopefully, well, you know, you don't you don't necessarily play seven, but for seven and a win, <laughs> right? Or just to be back to the finals. Well, you talk about I, a fan base that deserves it. Sorry, Carmen, that's all. A fan I, base. I, know, I just say, you know, you talk about load management, right? I mean. I think it, it's noteworthy that Joel has not missed a game yet. Mm-hmm. And there's been a couple of them games he hasn't had to play a fourth quarter because they played so well, which and may that, be contributing that's important to, that. to your season too, right? Of not just playing the stupid minutes. Like Friday against Detroit, you know, let's get after their asses, right? Let's 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 not – and that's going to be another counting sign early on the team. Is there a letdown against Detroit? Now it's a playing game. Or you know whatever it is, in, do you in play up or tournament. play down the teams? Yeah, yeah, but it's an in-season tournament game, so you hope. All right, do you get a little bit more 
more out of it now. It's a it's a back to back. No, no. It's I not don't know that I understand this in season tournament. So what's the deal with this? Yeah, I, I didn't have the greatest concept of it either. I mean, I sort of do. So you have group play, okay, and I think the winners of group play um, move on to mm-hmm. Vegas, and then there's like two wild cards. I don't know from each group or or what, but there's two overall maybe wild cards that make it too. So you got to win your group or be one of the two wild cards. There's six groups. Uh-huh. There's six groups. And I think there's there's a trophy that's awarded and there's a cash bonus, right? Yeah, five thousand dollar cash bonus for each or five hundred thousand for each player. They're really trying to get players to play here. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. I I see what they're doing. So we're in the our group is. East A, and we have the Cavs, the Hawks, the Pacers, and the Pistons. All right. So let's see what happens. Should be able to come out of that. Yeah. Yeah. Now, does that advance to Vegas, or is there more? You might have to come out of like. Sorry, I'm just trying to get a little bit more. So it's almost like like what they do on like World Cup, or like like you have full play then. Two teams for each pool go and advance to the next stage, and then it's kind of like. And how long is this tournament? Like, what's the duration of this tournament? November third through the twenty eighth. Eight eight teams will advance to the knockout rounds. The team with the best standing in group play games in each of the six groups, and one wild card team from each conference. So two, right? The wild card will be the team from each conference with the best record in group play games that finish second in group. Okay. We got that part of it, right? Now these games do or don't count towards your regular season record. They have to. Because how you get okay. 82, right? You know what I mean? So they're um, full length, full 48 minute games. Yeah, yeah. Nothing changes here with that. Nope. So based off of yeah, that, the only thing I saw is they're doing different looking courts and different uniforms. Yeah. So if you look at the Sixers grouping, right, they got a real good chance to get out of it. Mm-hmm. Obviously, and then you know, then you then you move on, right? And then it gets you know, then it gets deeper. So different. Yeah, yeah I'm just curious. You play, how they're four, doing you play like four designated group play games, one game against each opponent in its group, with two games at home, two games on the road. Okay, so we play all those teams twice. So we play Detroit twice. Pacers twice, Hawks and Cavs all twice. Yeah, I was just curious on how they do like a like it's like a fluid schedule at that point because you don't know who's going to be knocked in, who's going to be in, who's going to be knocked out, and how that schedule right. goes. That's kind of where I was like confused on like, and do the games count or is this like a predetermined tournament where they're like side games? I guess yeah, I guess that's trying to get them to play more games and not sit games out. And that makes sense. Yep, and basically yep. incentivizing every player with five hundred thousand dollars a player. Yeah, nobody's like going to be against five hundred k. Yeah, it's always good like walking around money. So well, especially when you're a player who may only be making seven hundred and fifty or nine hundred k. Right. Exactly. It helps everybody. Like it ain't bad for anybody. So guys are gonna guys are gonna play right, and that's what you're looking for because usually you really get a ramp up and you really start looking at your team after Christmas, right? We always talk about that come the new year what do you look like right this just gives you an early look at some teams right and always accounts to your 82 because go win games right like 
You know, that's why I look for the Sixers, like be a top three seed, be the number one seed, make everything come through Philly, right? Or however, however you want to go, right? Just but just be be somewhere where you control it. And there's nothing against like winning enough games to be a one seed and people are not feeling good about that going in. Right. I'm not I'm not opposed to that shit. You know what I mean? Some people are opposed to like, ah, oh, it's gotta be. Yeah, I mean, if you're top four, you're in a good you're in a good spot, right? But shit, mm-hmm. man, I want to be the best. I want to be the best of the regular season, right? Like, I want right. to control control you come through here. Uh, what up, Slayer? He said five hour super chat. We appreciate you, brother. You think I think it's more of a March man in style, boys, and it counts towards the regular season. Only a championship round will be game 83, 83 for two teams who are in it. Okay. All right. So you get an extra game in the year, but that's worth five hundred K, right? Because their TV revenue they get after off of that one extra game. <laughs> it's like that's 101 for the NBA. So yeah, I mean, nobody does a better job of making money than the NBA. I've always stood by that one. So they're yeah, and I appreciate I you know, I saw uh, I saw Gary Bettman on uh, on uh, McAfee's show last week and talking about oh. the competitive balance and and the one thing the NHL has done really well was you know despite being out for twice in a decade, uh, including one full season, they did that and managed to create a competitive balance. And the one thing that he gave credit for is the NBA constantly tries to reinvent itself to yeah. create and incentivize players to play and create a competitive balance. So mm. the NBA is creative. Some things, some things work, some things don't. Some things they throw against the wall and it slides off and some things sticks. So, I, I mean, I like the idea of it, you know, now, that, especially now that I understand it a lot more, uh, I think it's a cool idea. And, and yeah, I mean, uh, nothing is to me more brutal with the NBA is, than the load management. And I understand it to a con to, to a point, but you know when when you're watching games and you're a fan who buys a ticket and you're you expecting load managed by see- minutes. Sorry, you don't load management by games. The only way you get speedy games is playing games, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're load managing a player, he's missing games. His game speeds off, no matter how great he is, right? Agreed. So you load managed by minutes. You don't load management by games. So any organization that is load managing by games have a bunch of fucking morons running their organization. Well, that's what, that's that's what golden state was doing. And that was, that was one of the biggest arguments was, I mean, I saw this numerous times last year. Yeah. Golden state would go out and you got fans who were buying tickets and okay, maybe I don't see clay tonight or maybe I don't see Steph, but I'll see clay. They were sitting all three guys. They were sitting clay Draymond and Steph in games last year. And it didn't work out for them in the long run. Right. It didn't work out for the load management in the long run where Denver's playing all the time. Right no, or other teams, fans are, are like, I'm paying yep. the same amount of money for somebody to get to see them. I buy my tickets ahead of time, and they're and they're doing it on the road. Like maybe that's the only game my kid gets to go see, and you're sitting all of your star players. Yeah, it's and a you're joke. giving me the the taxi squad. Like, come on, man. Like, no, it's a joke, and this is why, like I said, you do it by minutes because you want players playing game. Having getting live game reps, right? Yes. So if a guy, you don't got to play a guy 37, 38 every night. You Which know, is why we're know. talking about what, what Joel's doing right now, right? He's playing yeah, seven play games, but he's playing 30, 30 minutes a night instead of playing yeah, 40, he played, 44. Tonight he amped up and played like 37 or 38, rightfully so. But then you go back to the games of, okay, 28, 30, you know, maybe a night with 25. You just get him his reps and you get him his work in, right? Like, 
Right. You don't got to, like, sit a guy. Now, if a guy has, like, you know, a little lingering thing, then okay. Right? Then, of course. But in reality, you don't want guys not playing because then that hurts what you're building. Yes. Right? That's the biggest key of it. So, if it's 82 games, 162, you know, 162 is a little different when it comes to baseball, right? Right. Like, you know, you're going to have guys take days off. You're going to have guys who never take days off. So, I mean, one of the best players ever never took a day off. So, the day off shit to me is a cop-out, right? Play the game. Play the game, right? It doesn't mean you can't miss five, ten games in a year. You know what I mean? Like, that happens. Like, you miss five games, you miss ten games for little things, Right. I get it. You might not want to play a guy on a back-to-back once in a while. All right. Th- that's not going to kill you. But if you're missing 20, 25 games, that's a joke. That's yeah. that's where I draw the line. You missed five or too 10. too many players that were doing that. Yeah, you missed five or 10. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and break balls about that. You know what I mean? Because It was players who were getting load-managed that didn't even have a chance to win a title on teams. That's when it becomes yep. a problem. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or you just bring these guys back out of nowhere and you expect your team to be good. Like, exactly. All right, we'll bring them back for the last 20 games. And now we're going to ramp up. Like, get the fuck out of here. Then you, then you don't yeah. understand sports. And that's uh, where the NBA – and that was the thing with the NBA. was because, to your point, Tom, the NBA markets their superstars better than any sport, including the NFL. They have always found a way to, to recognize their superstars and market them. And this was the first time over the last couple of years when you have the old players coming out and going after the current players and the fans saying, what the hell, they're going after basically – going after the all the star players in the league who were sitting games out. It's the first time they really faced that kind of adversity to where people are now questioning the faces of your league because right. these guys are, are not getting out there for more than 60, 65 games in a season, which is egregious to me in an 82-game year that you can't play 70 games. Like every player, in my opinion, barring injury, should be able to get out there and play 70 to 75 games easy easy and if you're not conditioning yourself to do that there's a problem that's a problem with you because the history of the league everybody's been out there to get out there and be able to play 70 75 games now all of a sudden well you know this is where the advanced metrics come in tom right pitchers Mm -hmm. can't throw more than 80 pitches anymore guys can't go beyond five or four or five or six innings and and this is where i think it, it it can hurt the game because you take out you know you take away some some of the 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 logic and the eye test, right? Yeah. Hey, he looked great last night. His legs were under him. He seemed like he was fine. I think he's good to play for Tuesday night. But now we're going to sit him just to, just just to be safe, right? Yeah, no, I mean I, I couldn't agree more. Guys, guys should play. I've never been an advocate of of resting guys. You know, you got guys in the NFL to play a brutal schedule, a beat up schedule. So you know, there's no. You know, that's where the guaranteed money comes in and that's where some of that stuff comes in and this is where they need to add on these types of events. Big right? fan that of are, it. Big yeah, fan of it. I mean, I'm a, I'm a fan of anything that gets people to play and compete. I don't like right. to have to do it, right? And the NBA probably is like, okay, Jesus, God, dude. You're making us go do this. Are people going to laugh at us? Yep. Right? People are going to say, what is this? What is this? But at the end of the day, the players playing is competitive. You draw an audience. Right, and that's all that matters at the end of the day is either your ratings high, are people watching it, and are your stars playing? Because if your stars are playing and it's competitive, people are going to watch it. So, boys, this has been fun, though. You yes. know, to talk some Sixers this early, especially after a big Eagles win. 
Um, but we get a bye and next Wednesday. We'll be back in talking Chiefs, Chiefs, Eagles, Revenge Tour. So that'll be fun. What up, SJM? What's up, brother? They have to look, everything looks sharp. You're right. So, revenge season. Revenge season. A lot of great comments in here, too, guys. Appreciate your comments. Make sure you're liking, subscribing, following. Keep them coming every week, every night, every show. And if you listen on audio only, make sure when you get there on Apple Podcasts, wherever you're at, scroll down a little bit, see the little stars, hit about three or four of them, preferably five. Yeah, we love goes, a goes, goes, goes on because I think there's a lot of people out here we see in the chat love us, but it's a lot of people out here who probably can use us in their lives and it, they just don't know we exist. So yep. do your part, like, share, subscribe, give us a rating, feed us to those people, and then there'll be more. Family gets bigger. We appreciate That's it, it, baby. That's it. That's it. This was HD Wednesday nights. We had a great fucking fun show. Let's go. We were brought to you by Royal Billiard. We talk about how their premier game room store to Dollar Valley, their stock with everything. All right, shuffleboards, card tables, dart supplies, bars, bar stools, pool tables, you name it. So go check them out. They got hot tubs too. 515 Bethlehem Pike, Colmar PA, or visit them right on the web, royalbilliard.com. For Chrome, Pete, I'm Tom. Ryan was with us. We'll see you all next week. Go Sixers right now. Ten hey, Flyers. Flyers mixing one.